Welcome to Becoming a Pastor or Missionary. That's the name of this session. I am your presenter, Heather Erickson. And I, um, we're in the main building in room 105 because room 102 has a bad projector. Um, I'm serving as your host. If you have any questions, you can let me know. Otherwise, if you see the really good-looking blonde guy in the red and blue plaid shirt, you can ask him questions. He should be back down here in a minute after the session gets started. That's my husband. Um, Okay, so I want you to be aware that there is coffee available near the cafeteria lobby where the main sessions are being held. The drip coffee is free, okay? Yeah, everybody said praise the Lord. Um, But if you need anything fancier, you can walk just across from the drip coffee and there's um, some nice stuff for sale. Restrooms can be found on each floor of the building. See the map booklet for more details. That's what it says, very official. For the benefit of those who are listening to this session as a recording, please silence your cell phones and electronic devices at this time so it's not hard on the people who listen to it online later, okay? Um, Okay, so um, my name is Heather Erickson. I am a missionary, a U.S. missionary with Chi Alpha Campus Ministries. I'm also an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. Um, I work with Chi Alpha in Dayton, and so just a little bit southwest of here. Um, my husband and I have been the Chi Alpha directors there for about six years now, but we have been with Chi Alpha for 13 years. 13 years, is that math right? 14 years now. Um, and if you want to reach me for further questions, I have a really easy um, website. It, uh, it's not this one. It's uh, this one. DaytonXA.org. You can see it up here. D-A-Y-T-O-N-X-A. X-A is the abbreviation for Chi Alpha in Greek. .org. And my email is the same thing. It's heather at DaytonXA.org. And these are some very sweet friends. If you follow college basketball at all, those games are a blast. I love these. Awesome. All right. Well, it is now officially 1130. So at this time, I'm going to welcome myself. That's what the last line says. Hey, so I'm excited that you're here for this session. Number one, great job getting to Synergy today. It just speaks to the the value that you are bringing to your place of ministry, um, that you have been invited and included in this, or that you have taken the initiative to come. You are adding value to your places of service, your places of ministry. So thanks for coming to Synergy and making that a priority. And I'm excited that you're here today. On some level, this must communicate some sort of passion or desire that's in you um, to further your... Um, your service to our great and awesome king. So real quick, I talked to a few people before they came in, but anybody else, what brought you to the session today? Are you looking to pursue ministry? Are you looking um, to hear some information for someone else? What are some reasons that you're here to listen about becoming a pastor or a missionary? Yeah. I'm kind of confused about how like, the whole process works with how, like, after college, like what do you do? Right on. Okay. Have you started college yet? Okay. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Anybody else? Yeah. How do we do it? What is the process? That's a great question. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm licensed. I'm a health professor, so I'm kind of looking at see where I need to go. Awesome. What are the opportunities? Where do we go next? Mm-hmm. Anybody else? 
Well, I hope I hit these. Um, I'm going to talk about in depth about one specific vein that you can go through. Um, but then I'm also going to hit on um, just like the other, uh, the other opportunities that are out there for you. Um, so hopefully this will be a wide spectrum. Um, you'll hear a lot about what I do and how to go through the process that I went through. Um, but it is not the only process. But um, even if what you hear today you don't feel like totally applies to you, we'll talk a little bit at the end of like what, who, who in your life could this information apply to and how could you pay it forward a little bit, okay? But like I said, my name's Heather. I'm a mom of two. Um, you probably saw the baby earlier that was around here. That's Finn. He's just seven months old. And then this is our daughter. This is my husband, Andy. This is our daughter, Adelaide. She's five. Our house is hilarious right now. Um, she is in preschool, and on this past Thursday, she brought home a whoopee cushion. And so for a five-year-old, that is hours of endless fun. Um, <laughs> and it, everybody had to pretend like they didn't know that it was under the couch cushion or on the chair that they were supposed to sit on. Or yesterday morning, she said, Grandpa, Grandpa, because we were at my in-law's. Put the baby on the whoopee cushion. <laughs> so we're laughing constantly. Um, my seven-month-old just got his first tooth and is learning how to army crawl, and so he is busy and chewing. You know what I mean? Like, on everything. And so he's, he's just the happiest little guy, too. He's smiling all the time. All you have to do is talk to him. You can be a complete stranger. And he's like, huh? Best baby for evangelism. I just take him around with me, and people are like, oh look at this baby. And I'm like, oh, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? You know? So <laughs> maybe there's a few more questions in between there, but I love to take him on campus. Love to you just to have him as a conversation starter. People love him and God has really blessed us with some amazing kids that love people. Um, what else can I tell you? When I, this is probably not good for the recording if I have it in my hair. I'm trying to come up with an alternative solution. Maybe this will work. Okay. When I was growing up, um, I grew up in a Baptist background, and I had one friend who was a missionary. Her family was missionaries, and I only got to see her for two years growing up because that was where the two years that her family was home on furlough. And so they served in Germany. She went to a boarding school. No, she went to a boarding school in Russia, they, in Germany. They served in Russia. Blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense? So her family was on the field, but she wasn't even with her family. She was at a Christian boarding school in another country. So it was a really interesting situation. It wasn't until I was an adult that I realized, oh, that's not how we do it. But anyway. But that was the only person I knew in ministry personally. Like, I knew my pastor. But like you, I was like, how did he get to be a pastor? You know? And I knew that this family was a family of missionaries, but I had no idea how that happened. And there weren't people in my life to have that conversation with me. But I still remember journaling in high school and writing, I'd really love to be a missionary someday. I had no idea what that meant, but I had a passion in my heart. I loved the Lord, and I was looking for more ways to express that and greater opportunities to, to give my life over to Jesus. And so it just felt logical to me, this is what I want to do. But I had no way to get there. And so I knew after high school that people went to college, but I was so sheltered, I had no idea that there were things like Bible colleges, which praise the Lord, because then I don't have the price tag of a Bible college uh, in my debt account right now. But um, I knew I wanted to get a degree. So I went to a secular university that was nearby. I went to Wright State. Uh, if anybody is from the Dayton area, you know it's the home of the Wright brothers. It's a very affordable local state college. 
and um, through a funny chain of events um, <laughs> that involved like boyfriends and guitars and painting boulders and things like that, I ended up at a Chi Alpha meeting. <laughs> and I could tell you that story some other time. It's a long story. Um, Chi Alpha is the Assemblies of God outreach to secular universities. And when I got involved, it was life-changing for me. I had not come from a charismatic background. I had no training in the gifts of the Spirit. I didn't know that the book of Acts was in the Bible. So the first time I started reading that and I saw that people were getting miraculously healed, they were walking in shadows and they were getting resurrected from the dead and all these kinds of things were happening, I was like, do we serve the same God? You know, like, whoa, I couldn't believe that this was real. And that even heightened my energy, my excitement, and my passion for serving our God because if our God is that great, then I just, I wanted to be in close to him. I wanted to be a part of what he was doing. Um... Because of Chi Alpha, the style of ministry that it is and the life-on-life -life discipleship that it has, um, I, w I was able to start serving, contributing, and leading in ministry while I was still in college. And I gained leadership training through our internship program, and I was on support staff for a while, and it gave me that immersed, hands-on experience that I needed to be effective in ministry. Um, in the end, it really did enable me and prepare me to be a minister and a missionary. And so here are a couple of like quick stories about how that happened for me. In Chi Alpha, through that culture, here's what I mean that it trained and equipped me. Okay, so I came from a non-charismatic background, right? And I got filled with the Holy Spirit like freshman uh, year about three months into college. Like, that's how eager I was for the Lord. I heard my first, like, teaching on it, and all I did was I walked up in the worship service, and I said, okay, Lord, if this is true, I want to get filled. And, like, a song and a half in, I was speaking in tongues. Like, it was not laborious. It was just like, thank you, Lord, for good teachings, that somebody taught me the truth, and now let's do something with this. And so um, through discipleship, I had a woman who was teaching me how to hear and be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. And so I was walking on campus, I think my sophomore year of college, and I saw this guy pass me. And I had only met him once before, but it had been months ago, and I had no idea what his name was. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Bevan. Do you know anybody named Bevan? No, I didn't think so. Nobody names their kid that, right? So... <laughs> He's walking this way, and I go like this. Hey, hey, Bevan, Bevan, and he turns around, big eyes, because he doesn't know me from you know whoever, and he's like, you're freaked out, and he's like, how do you, how do you know my name? And I was like, hey, I think we met, you know, and and he's like, okay, you know, he totally doesn't remember. I tell you about his backstory, but it's long and complicated. Needless to say, he didn't remember much of that year. Yeah. And. <laughs> I said, hey, you said you were going to come to a Chi Alpha meeting after your last production was over. He was a theater major. And he's like, Chi Alpha, that's right. That's that group, right? Holy Spirit gave me his name. Bevan got involved, gave his life to the Lord, came out of a very abusive, substance abuse lifestyle. And then later on, he was able to minister to a girl that was in his French class who was, um, had been married to a woman. God delivered her out of the homosexual lifestyle, and then eventually they got married. I'm loving Jesus and serving Jesus today. I mean, that was one 
kid who was sensitive to the Holy Spirit that had a ripple effect for generations. I mean, they have two kids now, and their kids are going to be raised in homes that are completely different than the ones that they were raised in. Are you following me? Because someone took the time to teach me how to hear the voice of the Spirit. Another quick story. Um, My husband, that guy, long before he had that beard, it was actually kind of like the other way in college. Like, the hair was all here, you know? And this was clean-shaven, if you can imagine that. And so he had these long golden locks. All the girls wanted to touch his hair all the time. Uh, I was rather jealous. But... um, (laughs) Um, he was walking um, with his small group one day. They were going to go to the student union, and they decided, hey, let's go outside and let's go witnessing to people. And he went, say, what? You know, because he was raised in a very conservative church background. Like, I thought mine was conservative. His was was way more. Um, We drank alcohol. But um, not personally. Uh, Anyway... He's like, I, I'm not comfortable with that. So they were walking towards the student union, and on the way to the student union is his dorm. So he decided, I'm just going to slip into my dorm and then tell them later, I got lost on the way to the student union. Right? State's not very big. You don't get lost. Ever. <laughs> and so as he's, like, trying to, like, you know, slip away from the guy's small group, his buddy takes him by the hand, and he's like, hey, how about you go with me? And we'll do it together, and I'll show you how we do it. Sounds a whole lot like Christ, right? Where he modeled it for them, and he did it with them, and he taught them the methodology behind what he did. And so later on, my husband really just blossomed with this heart of evangelism, was walking on campus one day after we had become directors of Chi Alpha, and he said, I feel like we don't have enough jocks in our group. You know, like guys that drink protein shakes and lift every day and live at the gym. Those guys aren't in our group right now. How come? And we were like, oh, I don't know, maybe because there's no other guys like that. He goes, right, we just need to go find the first one. So he prayed, and the Holy Spirit led him to go talk to this guy that was sitting on the wall outside of a building. He had his Braves hat down over his face. And what we didn't know is that that student had been running away from the Lord. And he had started smoking pot three times a week. He had not been engaged in in church at all, had no community, and he was just on the run. And my husband and another guy just sat down next to him and said, hey, what's going on in your life right now? How are you doing? Uh, Is there anything we can pray for you about? And that opened up this conversation where he then came to football that Friday. It wasn't like he prayed for to rededicate his life in that moment, but he's like, hey, do you want to come into our community? We brought him into community. He came to football, and then he came to Bible study. And then in the next year and a half, for two years, I think he went on like six missions trips, no joke. Spring break, spring break, impromptu trip, summer trip. It was just like every time we had an opportunity to go, he was there. And the following school year, he got voted in as our Chi Alpha president. He went from pothead to president in like 12 months, right? It was incredible. And now... Anthony is currently serving in Peru, giving a year of his life back to missions because he wanted to honor God for what God had done in his life in college. So because there were people in our life to come alongside us and disciple us like personally in the ways of Christ, in the ministry of Christ, it has enabled us to be authentic ministers of the gospel. Does that make sense? That's where I'm going with this today. Um, I have more stories. I didn't even tell you all of them. Um... Wow. So in Chi Alpha, 
if you've never heard of it or if you don't really know if it applies to you or what it is, um, it's an important part of um, what the Assemblies of God does. So this is chialpha.com. Um, if you know a student who um, is going to college soon or you're thinking about college and you're like, hey, is there a Chi Alpha near me? All you have to do is type in chialpha.com and it brings you right here. And you can put in the city that you're looking at or someone is looking at and you can find if there's a Chi Alpha group near you. In the state right now, we have about eight Chi Alpha programs. Um, in Dayton, we're on three different campuses. And we currently have an internship program, which I'll talk about at the end. But it's a phenomenal program. So there are a lot of different ways that you can get credentialed or you can get onto the mission field. Um, you could go to Bible college and you could get um, a degree in something and you could get credentialing that way. You can participate in what's called the OSAM program. That's the Ohio School of Ministry. A lot of you have probably been to that before where once a month you can go and you can um, get like small classroom setting like this, which is really awesome for like engaging in deep conversation, really chewing through material and work through the pastoral credentialing process. And then um, you can do what some people do and you can intern at your local church um, and you can get experience that way. For missions, if you're like specifically talking about missions, you, um, you predominantly get connected through one of the pipelines. If you're interested in world missions, we have a world missions pipeline where you can go onto uh, ag.worldmissions.com and you can put your name in and you can say, this is where I'm interested in serving and they will connect you to that part of the world, that region or to missionaries that are looking for people to come and they will help walk you, you know, hand in hand through the process. It's really incredible. U.S. Missions is very similar where you can contact the U.S. Missions office and they will help connect you to one of our seven windows to the world. Chi Alpha is one of those. But what I want to talk about really is the, is the training process because a lot of times we, we relegate our training, and this is just the world, to a classroom experience where we say, hey, if you go to these classes and you can pass these tests, then you can be certified or you can be approved or you can get a diploma that says, hey, you've done this. And you can put that on a resume and you can go somewhere. But sociologists and educators agree that classroom teaching is not the fullness of the education process. Do, can you guys relate to that? Is anybody just like, please, I don't like lecture. I'd rather be in the lab or I'd rather be on an internship. You, yeah, I'm getting like, yes, my man, right? I'm totally the same way. Um, chemistry does not work just in theory. Everybody in college has to go to chem, chem lab, right? I think they do that in high school now, too, where, like, you actually have to light the fire on the Bunsen burner and put the beaker on there, right, and watch the stuff explode. Then it makes sense. Oh, when I add these two things together, that's what happens, right? Exactly. We call that, like, apprenticeship, that's just the fancy word for it. It's what people used to do. You work with somebody to learn how to do it, right? You want to be a plumber? You go find a plumber and you watch him fix pipes, right? And he tells you, hey, that thing that we said about this, this is how it actually works in the real world. Wouldn't that experience be totally different if you went and lived in a small town full of plumbers? I mean, how, how would your educational experience change if everybody in the town was a plumber and you all ate at restaurants that had food just for plumbers? <laughs> right? 
and you all went to the church for the plumbers, and you all talked to people who were, you lived the life. Is that making sense? That's what I'm getting at. You lived in life, in community with people who have the attributes or the qualifications that you want to shape you. That is my biggest recommendation when we are talking about pastoral and missionary training. Because it is one thing to go into a classroom experience, but it's a whole other thing to have an immersed experience in the culture. You want to learn Spanish? You go and study abroad, right? When I was studying Spanish in college, I had this awesome leg up because I was also working at a Mexican restaurant. And so some of the Hispanic employees would only speak Spanish to me. And so that's what helped actually make it real to me. And then they would start using words that were not on my vocabulary sheets, and I'd be like, okay, I don't know what they're saying. And then I found out, you know, then they talk about me. And, you know, so <laughs> as, my, as my Spanish got better, their conversations got quieter. But, <laughs> uh, and now, now I'm not working there anymore, and I don't ever use it, which is really a shame. But, but that's the difference that it makes when you're in the culture. You model and you replicate what you're experiencing around you. It's totally different than just doing even just an internship on paper of like, hey, person asks you questions, you fill in the blanks. And I think in today's culture, when we are dealing with real things, when we are talking about race relations, when we are talking about um, gender identity, when we are approaching postmodernism, right, and, and the effects that it's having on religious culture, we have to have more than just, just head knowledge. The pastor of tomorrow has got to be full of the spirit and, f and inundated in community. The missionary of today has to be going and planting in teams. Long gone are the days of these solo missionaries that are just going by themselves. And we don't even do that in Chi Alpha anymore. Because there's this need to, to have culture and to bring culture with you. Are you guys following me? Awesome. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about this a little bit from one perspective, and then you can ask me some questions, all right? So in Chi Alpha, in my experience, um, this, is, this is the mission statement of Chi Alpha. We reconcile students to Christ, equipping them through spirit-filled communities of prayer, worship. Did you catch that part? Spirit-filled communities. It's through community that we are equipping people. Ephesians 4 talks about how it is the job of ministers to equip the saints. And so if you want to be a minister, it's not just about having the title or being a pastor. It is about actively equipping the people around you to engage in the kingdom ministry that God has appointed them to. And so we are participating in the ministry together. The way that Chi Alpha does that is through communities of prayer, worship, fellowship, discipleship, and mission to transform the university, the marketplace, in the world. So here's what Chi Alpha is doing in a nutshell. We are reconciling students to Christ, we are equipping students, and we are launching them both into the marketplace and ministerial areas of service that are going to make a lasting kingdom impact. So uh, here's the bottom line. Right now, Chi Alpha is producing more world missionaries than any other AG organization, and that includes Bible colleges. Over half of the missionaries serving with Live Dead in Northern Africa and the Middle East are Chi Alpha alum. They are intentionally, we just, uh, my husband just got done with a vision trip over with Live Dead Africa. 
and they are intentionally reaching out to Chi Alpha pastors saying, hey, would you make a commitment? Would you have a partnership with us and start sending your students over here on short-term mission trips? Because we believe that if you will expose them to the need here, that they will pray about uh, giving a year of their life and maybe a lifetime to the cause with us. Intentionally seeking out Chi Alphas because they know that that the methodology that we are using is producing the kind of fruit that they want in their laborers. And so what I'm talking about today is our methodology. And hopefully some of you will consider um, coming and being a part of one of our Chi Alpha groups, or you will recommend it to somebody that you know. Um, just from Dayton alone, I serve in Dayton, we have alumni right now serving on four continents, and it's about to be five. Um, we also have alumni serving as youth pastors, worship pastors, children ministry directors, young adults, church ministry leaders, board members, and deacons. We don't have any lead pastors yet, but we have one in the works. <laughs> um, additionally, we were just at the World Mission Summit. Did you guys hear about that? Did anybody hear about the World Mission Summit that happened in Houston? Nobody? There were 6,000 people that came together from U.S. Missions, World Missions, Chi Alpha, all over the AG to hear about what God's heart was for the lost globally. And of those 6,000 people, 2,000 of them were college students that prayed and said, I, will, I pledge to give a year of my life after graduation to missions and pray about a lifetime. We just mobilized 2,000 people in January. It was incredible. To see thousands of students walking down to the altar to worship Jesus, thousands of students saying, hey, I'm going to lay down my small ambitions to help Jesus change the world. Um, but while we were there, we heard missionaries say that they need people in all kinds of degree fields, okay? So if you're, like, talking to somebody or you yourself are wondering, what should I do with my life? Do I need to get a Bible degree? Let me encourage you that if God has gifted you a specific way, that he can use that in a specific way. So they are looking for people in the graphic design, in nursing, business, leadership, engineering, English. Basically, they said, anything that you can do, we can use. Please come. And these are becoming the, the gateways, the door openers into ministry opportunities across the globe. It is incredible. My friend has a nursing degree, and right now he is ministering to um, terminally ill uh, or, what's the word, um, you put your hospice. hospice, thank you, whoever said that, hospice care, children in China. Mm, please remove that word from the recording when you do it. In Northern Asia. And, um, and that has created an opportunity for them to share the gospel in new and unique ways. Um, so Chi Alpha is one of the best ways to get both the practical education simultaneously with hands-on ministry training. So... Um, I mentioned the three ways that people learn, the classroom experience, apprenticeship, and immersion. The classroom experience is based on passing on facts, thoughts, processes, and information. Um, but there is always, like we said, a difference between knowing and doing. Um, in life, when we want to learn how to do something, we find someone with real flesh and blood, and we have that person teach us what they do, right? Um, the practice of apprenticeship is about investment. Someone invests their time, energy, skills, and life into our life. Teaching us to do what they do. And then immersion is the most subtle way of learning. And it is where our learning environments and personalities are powerfully shaped. 
my friends serving in Northern Asia right now, their two-year-old is picking up the language faster than any of them. Because she, one, is just immersed in the culture, and that's what she's hearing people say and talking, right? And two, she doesn't have all the inhibitions that, uh, that the older people do of, like, a primary language and all that stuff. So, I mean, she's flourishing. The key to immersion, though, is having access to the culture you are hoping that will shape you. Or you're hoping to have it shape you. So when you are thinking about God's call on your life, what kind of culture are you wanting to invite in to shape you? That would be a major question that I would, I would challenge anybody with. What has God called you to do? And what kind of culture will prepare and shape you to be able to accomplish that? <clears throat> Discipleship, ministry training, a degree in missions. Often, guys, today, these things are mostly about the first kind of learning, the classroom experience. And really, that's about it. We do not see Christ giving a discipleship class. We see Christ living life together with guys, taking them with him, and teaching them along the way. It's an immersion. It's the culture of Christ that they were totally engulfed in. Um, So, real quick, in Chi Alpha, this is, we we really do try to... uh, to express all three kinds of learning. For the classroom setting, we do have main meetings. If you're wondering, well, how does Kyle work? We have main meetings every week. Um, either my husband or myself will preach and uh, share something out of the word. And then we have worship. It's a student-led worship team. And we have a, a staff member that trains and equips them in, in worship ministry. Um, we have small group Bible studies where students will take studies that we have prepared ahead of time and they will unpack them for each other and they will walk each other through scripture. We have things where we go a little bit deeper because sometimes just a service isn't really going to like satiate the appetite that we have for the word of God or for the knowledge of God. I mean, I hope you guys can relate to that because, man, that lights me up. I love it. We do things that we call like second mile or good coffee, good theology. That really works on campus. Um, but we just spend expen- expansive amounts of time just walking through things together and unpacking it. I was in high school before somebody sat me down and said, hey, Heather, what are you doing in your devotions right now? And I was like, what's a devotion? In high school. And no one had taken me aside and said, hey, let me teach you the way of God more accurately. Let me teach you how to abide in him. Let me teach you how to walk daily with him. And I was in a really healthy church. And it's no shame on my church, but it was not the culture. And it was this generation is looking for that culture. A daily walk with the Lord. A deeper walk with the Lord. We, every, every fall, we take our students aside, our student leaders, and we have a student leaders retreat with them. We call it launch. Everybody calls it something different. But it's where we take a whole weekend before school starts and we invest strategically into them. We unpack, hey, this is how our small group communities work. This is the vision of the campus. This is how you can be a part of it. And we, we just get away and we, we do some teaching together. Um, we prioritize things like diversity seminars. We, in National Chi Alpha has a diversity task force. And we have some men and women that are 
passionate about race relations and the fullness of the kingdom of God, and they come to our campuses and they teach our students from a biblical perspective how to embrace the nations, how to embrace um, living in community, in, in godly community, blacks and whites. It's, it has healed things in, in our students' lives because we have people who are willing to come and teach on this. Um, and then we do retreats. We do we, uh, a week-long leadership training as a state. We do a fall retreat. We do a SALT conference, which is our winter conference. We have these times where we are specifically giving classroom-style teaching. Does that make sense? But then we also take the apprenticeship, and this is kind of where I want to spend most of our time, um, very seriously, where we do something called life-on-life discipleship. It's really just a way of emphasizing that we do discipleship discipleship, <laughs> right? Because discipleship was designed to be life on life. If you ever read any book ever for the rest of your life, pick up Master Plan for Evangelism by Robert Coleman and read. If you want to go into ministry of any kind, you have to just, just be in awe of the way that Jesus did things because he, be- he came and died, right? John three sixteen for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. How did he reach the whole world? Well, he lived this discipleship life. And he didn't invest into hundreds and thousands. He invested into a few and taught them to be disciple makers. And so we're prioritizing make disciples who make disciples. This is a key thing in ministry, that we are not just collecting people here, but we are about our father's business and we are replicating the mission. And so when I talk about life on life, I mean that like students have access to my life. It's funny because the other day I was talking to a new, newer student. She's a freshman. And she said, yeah, I went home and I told my mom, you know, in Chi Alpha, it's not like Pastor Andy and his wife. It's Pastor Andy and Pastor Heather. Like she's involved. And I was like, you have access to my life. You have access enough to me to see that. Not just from the front, but on a personal level too. We often have students come and stay in our home. I mean, I think, I think the longest a student has stayed is a month. Um, but our hope is that we'll have someone who will come and stay a whole school year with us, maybe like an international student or an exchange student. Um, I was on the phone with a student the other day, and um, we were talking, and I said, hey, will you really just be praying for me? Because I have to do a major theology teaching for our internship on Thursday, and I haven't finished prepping for that, but my dad wants to go to the movies, so I'm going to go to the movies with my dad. <laughs> and I was, like, confessing to her of, like, hey, I have some priorities. I have a real life, but, you know, my dad. I want to spend time with my dad. That's my real life. This is just, like, the flimsy stuff of who I am, right? And you know how she responded? It was so profound. It was just this little conversation, and she's like, whoa hey, like, I really will pray for that. Thanks for letting me into your life like that. And I had to step back, and I was like, man, that was so easy. But it meant something to her to know what my real-life struggles are, right? Um, Life on life. So the, the reason why Chi Alpha is a distinctive is because we are with students every day five, six, seven days a week sometimes. 
And even in Dayton, we have a ministry house where we have 16 students that live there. And so, good morning, Pastor Heather's here downstairs. You know, it's like, oh, good, you know, good morning. We're going to start off with prayer or good evening. It's time for the late night Bible study or it's time for the all night prayer gathering. Or it's like, hey, we're eating lunch. Come eat this leftover pizza. Or, hey, I'm coming in because I need to take a nap on your couch. Right. We are in life rhythms together. And then as a community, we are approaching the life rhythms of the campus together. And we're looking at the campus and saying, what are those rhythms? That is applicable no matter where you go. Uh, figuring out the rhythms of the culture that you are in and putting yourself into their rhythms instead of asking them to come into ours. When you talk about what culture you want to shape you, can I put that out there? Of That's the kind of culture that the world wants to be shaped by. People who will come and touch them will be a part of them who aren't afraid to get dirty with them versus those who are standing back and saying come over here if you want to get clean does that make sense yeah um so one of the big parts of life on life discipleship is delegating responsibility um sorry so i don't just do the ministry i talked about ephesians 4 we are empowering students to do the ministry alongside us. This is the apprenticeship part of it. And so we have like four stages of this. This is not profound. I took it out of a book. <laughs> but then we do the stuff that we read in the book, which is the difference between, re- you know, like knowing and doing, right? Like we can read a lot of books. It makes a difference if we actually do the stuff that's in the books. Um, but in delegating responsibility, the first quadrant we would say is I do and you watch. So right now that's what you're doing. I'm doing stuff over here and you are watching. The next step would be I do and you help. So then I would invite Robert to come up and do part of the teaching with me, right? But I would help you or you would be helping me. The next would be you do and I help where I would sit down and anytime you had a little bit of problem, you know, like I would come up and help. And then the last part would be you do, I watch where I'm hands off and then maybe later we're evaluating together. And eventually, I'm empowering you to go do that with somebody else. So all of a sudden, the job that I had is now the job that you had, that you are empowering other people to do. You guys ever read a verse in the Bible that sounds similar to that? 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul says to Timothy, Take what you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses and entrust it to reliable men who then will go and teach it to others. Paul tells Timothy to teach it to reliable men who will go and teach it to others. That's four levels of teaching. We, we have a fancy word for that, but it's called transgenerational discipleship. It's this discipleship that transcends you. And you, if you heard in the main session this morning, he was saying, hey, you can make temporal decisions or you can make eternal decisions. And your eternal decisions are going to have ramifications for tens of thousands of years. That's the kind of discipleship that... In the last days, we want to see. Even if everybody in this room would be mobilized in making disciples who make disciples, the Great Commission could be closed in my daughter's lifetime. That's the reality of the importance of this session and all the sessions today. That we want to give a great and glorious offering to the Good King. We come home with arms full of souls that we have seen brought in. Um, the other thing that we emphasize in Life on Life Discipleship is this idea. This is the triangle. 
up, in, and out. And this is what we emphasize with our students, that they've got to have a balanced life. And what that balance involves is both a relationship with God, a relationship in community, and a relationship that is outwardly focused with others. Up, in, and out. And so <coughs> we are living that life rhythm with people where we are coming together to worship and, and know Jesus greater. We are coming together to honor uh, family and to lift each other up and to have that edification of believers. And then we're also looking outward of like, okay, who is God sending us to and how can we meet their rhythms and be a part of what God's doing there? Um, seriously, we sit one-on-one and teach people how to read the Bible. Anybody could do that now. You're interested in becoming a, a missionary or a pastor? You could look around your sphere of influence and say, God, who is in my sphere of influence that you would um, have me love right now? And opening the Bible with them and walking through the basics of the gospel or walking through um, just God's overall story of redemption is not... You do not have to be credentialed to do that. And that is the baseline for, for opening up our hearts to the service in the kingdom. Um, we are teaching students to pray. Luke 11, Jesus' disciples look to him and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And does he sit down and have a class about it? He says, when you play, pray, pray like this. And he models it for them. And he does it with them. That's what we do with our students as well. It's a culture that is about with me. And that's our little catchphrase. We want to do this, come do it with me. Um, and then finally, two by two witnessing. Um, <coughs> yes, there are still people who are still going out and talking to people they do not know straight up about the gospel. Even though we live in missional communities, we still believe in the power of the gospel. And like Anthony's story earlier, and like many other stories, there are people that are still on a regular basis getting saved because someone had the guts to go over and say, hey, who is Jesus to you? Do you know his story? And increasingly on the campus, which is, sociologists say that's like where culture first starts like changing. If culture is going to shift, it's going to shift on the campus first. We are now meeting students who have never had Jesus explained to them. And I am talking about white middle-class Americans that are being raised in atheist homes, that are being raised in new age environments that have never had Jesus unpacked for them. And then we get the opportunity to be the first person. Hey, these people live in your neighborhoods. They live near your churches. And if someone would take the time to figure out their life rhythms and say, God, hey, are you sending me to them? You could be the catalyst for the gospel presentation in their life. The third um, area of education that I talked about is immersion. And um, I love that two of the people that I work with had this real-life experience um, with culture. When they, One of them studied a semester abroad in Spain, and the other one studied a semester abroad in France and just got to fall in love with the culture, with the people, with the food. I cannot explain to you how much coffee we make in the Chi Alpha office. <laughs> um, we thought Jay drank a lot of coffee before he went to France. Now it's like off the charts. <laughs> and so we probably burned through four or five cups or pots, excuse me, a day. Um, and, and he loves it. It's special if you bring him cheese, right? He loves cheese because he lived in Europe for a little while. He lived in France. They appreciate cheese. Jay really appreciates good cheese. 
the culture shaped him. It shaped his tastes. It shaped his preferences. What is God calling you to do, and how can you be shaped by that culture? Where could you position yourself? In Chi Alpha, we, um, we believe in missional communities. These are communities that are not just saying, hey, do you want to come over here and come to our church? These are communities that are saying, God, who are you sending us to, and how can we be a part of what is going on there? So two resources I would highly recommend for that are these two books by Michael Breen. Um, one is called Building a Discipleship Culture. Um, this is a culture that values discipleship the way that Jesus did. Um, he goes through different life shapes like that. Um, a lot of our rhythms come from this resource. The other resource I would recommend is Leading Missional Communities, mobilizing people to think outside themselves, mobilizing yourself to say, hey, God, um, how can I actually engage the people that are around me and not just hope that they see my life and then they ask me questions, right? No, that we are actually living the life rhythms with them. Um, so both very good resources. But our missional communities are our small groups, and we empower our small group leaders to go onto the campus and to ask that question, God, where are you sending us? And they create life rhythms that are, can incorporate the people around them. Um, for example, we had Pride and Prejudice and PJs the other week. Um, for all the guys in the room, Pride and Prejudice is just very classy English romance movie. And um, PJs um, is alliteration with Pride and Prejudice. So it just went together really nicely. <laughs> but we have some girls in our community, and they're not believers yet, but they're on the outside of our community that we are friends with and stuff that we wanted to have them included in what we were doing. And so we were like, well, let's do something they would want to do instead of just things that we would want to do. So we had just a relaxed PJ night. I had a bunch of girls into my house. And we just ate pizza and popcorn and pretzels, anything that started with a P. It was hilarious. People just loved it. And I stayed up till midnight talking to this beautiful girl from China who, whose parents are believers, and she's agnostic, and she doesn't know where she lands. If I'd not done something that fit her life rhythms, we would never would have stayed up till midnight having that conversation. Um, my husband walked into the international student office at Sinclair and um, just sat down and had lunch with people and said, hey, how could we love you guys? What are your needs? And they're like, we have all this money to do potlucks and we have no homes to have potlucks in. Handy was like, I will host a potluck. And they're like, you would? Really? You know, like hospitality from an American, right? Doesn't always happen. Let's be real. And so for the Super Bowl party that we were going to have anyway, we turned it over as their party. And we're like, you can invite anybody you want. We had 65 people in our home. 65 people in our house. Because we said, hey, we'll host the Super Bowl potluck for you. And they were so grateful. And all the Brazilians didn't talk to anybody else because they were all in the corner talking to each other because they didn't know that there were other Brazilians there. And then they found some Brazilians and they're like, oh, we love Brazil. Let's talk about Brazil, right? And then I would go over to eat the snacks that they brought and they would be like, oh, these are Brazilian. Aren't they great? Aren't they the best snacks that are here? And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. They are. They're great. <laughs> um, we made space for that culture. But our students and our interns are living that with us. 
And they're, they're standing among those 65 students and they're realizing, hey, this is what, this is the culture that's shaping them. Does that make sense? Living together, learning together, serving together. We, are, we, we do not have a distant leadership style or interaction. We do with me, like I mentioned before. Hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Why don't you come with me? Or, hey, um, Andy and I are going to go do whatever. Do you want to come with us? And then they have to sit in the car and listen to us, like, go back and forth about, you know, where we're going to eat dinner and, you know, who's going to put the kids to bed. And it's hilarious how open our marriage is to people. And these students are getting the opportunity to see families and marriages that are centered on God that actually have problems and work together to overcome them without getting divorced, right? That's the kind of access that we give them to our lives. Um, private note, I had to do the uh, annual dating and sex talk this year by myself. <laughs> and there's nothing like having your, your female pastor get up there and say the word sex like seven times, you know, in like five minutes. And I'm like, how did I get this gig? You want to be a pastor? Sign up right here, guys, right? It's like awesome. <laughs> kind of life together that we want to invite people into of like, hey, your family might not have, let's be real, might not have taught you the kind of culture that needs to shape you as a Christ follower in this area. We're going to redo that. We're going we're gonna to talk about it from a biblical perspective. Hey, somebody's actually going to preach from Song of Solomon, okay? That's happening right now. That's like hilarious. All the students snicker. But that's what we talk about when we talk about immersion access to life, involvement in culture. It's not a distant experience. It's hands-on. And so imagine everything that I have just been describing to you, and then imagine that I am 19. I'm 31 right now. I was 19 at one point, right? That is the culture for four years that is shaping me. And then when I got done, you remember this is the little girl that journaled, I want to be a missionary. But I had nobody to teach me how to be a missionary. So I just went to secular university, which doesn't always make sense in church culture, right? And I got a degree in communications. What am I going to do with it, right? <laughs> um, public relations. I only got the degree because um, I heard about the journalism, journalism program. And then somebody, I was really impressionable. And then somebody told me that journalism was a dying art. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get a job. Um, I'll just switch focuses, right? That, and that's how that happened. Um, <laughs> um, so I got a degree in public relations and then the pastors who had been discipling me and living life with me for four years invited me at the end of my college experience to come on staff with them. They said, Hey, would you consider giving a year back to Chi Alpha? And it was like all of my prayers had been answered. And I realized, Oh, I know how to, I, I know how to do this. I'd been doing this for four years. And then a couple years after that, I got invited to do the Chi Alpha internship program. And so if you are interested in ministry, this internship program um, is high quality. And it is transmittable, transmittable, transferable, that was the word, transferable across a wide spectrum of ministry opportunities. It tailors to campus ministry, but there are world missionaries that are like, hey, if you went through the Kyle Alpha internship, thumbs up. That's what we're looking for. Why don't you come work with us? Okay, does that make sense? But um, I got invited to do the program. The program is 11 months. 
and it is kind of like the, the backside of the ministry or the flip side, right? Where you're learning from a pastoral position how to be a leader of leaders, how to steward um, um, finances in a ministry, how to steward resources that are in people, how to um, help activate giftings and talents that are in the people that are, that are in the group. On top of that, you're getting um, the heavy theological training. And so you're like, whoa, theological training, not at Bible college. Yes. Um, and, and it's awesome. I teach some of those now. Um, so we just talked about Christology last week. It was very heady. We hardly got through half of it. But man, did we have fun debating uh, free will and predestination, right? It was a blast. These are topics we have to wrestle with because these are topics that people are bringing to us. Um, so there's theological training, and we do our credentialing processes through OSAM, the Ohio School of Ministry. But some of those classes are also waived because of the hands-on experiences, the boots-on-the-ground experiences that you're getting with Chi Alpha and the theological training that we're doing through the internship. We also cover preaching labs. And so it's not just, hey, hope you studied the Bible well, and I hope you do a good job when you have to lead your own people someday. It's like, hey, okay, Emily, is that your name? Yep. Emily, um, now uh, come up here, practice the sermon that you wrote. And then we all take notes. And then we all say, hey, did you know that you said um like five times and nobody understood that you were even talking about Jesus because all we could think about is um the whole time, right? You know, you've got to work the kinks out. Seriously, this is life together. This is life in community, ministry training in community. And it's helped me so much. In my internship, it was a game changer. The day my director came up to me and said, Heather, we just need you to be a little more charismatic. You know, like, lively. Like, stop going up there and going. Okay. So the CMIT internship and credentialing program. I mean, like, seriously, that's how I started off preaching. 11-month program that takes you on the flip side of ministry. And then the first sermon that I preached from my preaching lab was on John 3.16, and that did not go over very well. <laughs> my pastor was like... Couldn't you have picked something with a little more depth or substance? You know, I was like, it's like the, cru the cru crux of, of what we do. And he goes, yeah, and the easiest thing you could have picked, come back and try again. So, but wounds from a friend can be trusted, right? And it has helped me be the person I am today. Um, so, um, this is also an internship program that's going to look good on resumes. If you are talking to college students in your sphere of influence and they're wondering, um, what, what should I do next? I want to go into ministry, but I'm not sure what the next step is. A Chi Alpha internship is awesome. We offer one in Dayton, so you don't have to go very far to find it. Um, you can come to Dayton, you can live in our Chi Alpha house, and you can go through the internship program. We just had a student who's secular professor, she, she talked to about the opportunity to go do the internship, and he said, that is fantastic. You should do that, and you should put that on your resume. That's going to look great. Community service kind of stuff like that, nonprofit work, yeah, people love that. Put that on your resume. He's not a believer, but he is totally behind what we were doing. Um, I said that about world missions. Uh, just from Dayton, like I said before, we have alumni serving on four continents and all these different kinds of ministry opportunities. When you are looking for the next step, would you look for culture? Would you look for opportunities that incorporate all three of these levels of education together? Classroom, apprenticeship, and immersion. Because we need a holistic approach 
to training and equipping so that we can take on the things that are happening in the culture today. So um, for a lot of people, the best option financially or with location um, for a student is to go to a secular university. And if they're going to go to a secular university, can I put it out there that they should go to one with a Chi Alpha? And if you're a college grad and you're like wondering, hey, where can I get like a full ministry training experience? Come check out a campus. See if an internship program would be good for you. Um, and hey, we have U.S. missionaries that are living in the state. If you want somebody to just like sit down with you and help you break down, hey, what are the steps to responding to the call of God in my life? Get networked and, and, and meet some of these people. Sit down with them and have these conversations. Break that awkwardness social barrier <laughs> and invite people into your journey and into your life. So right now, if you have a pen or you have a phone or something to take notes on, even if this session wasn't totally like, oh, that's, that's totally for me, it might be for somebody that you know. And so if it is, would you even now like send them a text or like make a mental note to say, hey, I heard about this opportunity or hey, I heard some information that would be good to you for you. Can we talk about it later? Because even today, not all the information that you're going to receive is totally going to change your life, but it might change the life of somebody that is in your sphere. And that is part of that Ephesians 4, that taking advantage of our influence and helping to equip the people that are around us. So real quick with the time that we have left, are there any questions? Anything you guys want to throw my way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So leading missional communities. The author's name is spelled B-R-E-E-N. Breen. And building a discipleship culture. Same author. And then the, <coughs> the first one I mentioned was um, Master Plan for Evangelism. Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. For evangelism. And if you want something that's really specific to like um, missional communities, I would suggest a book called Surprise the World by Frost, F-R-O-S-T. It's an awesome book about how like we can figure out the rhythms of the people around us and we can bless them, we can listen to them, we can eat food with them, we can just look for opportunities to be spirit-led. It's a really great resource. Awesome. Anything else? Any other questions? Yeah. An OSAM. Yeah. Our internship program utilizes OSAM. And so if you go through our internship, um, the classes that aren't covered in the internship, we do through OSAM once a month. Mm -hmm. And so OSAM is really easy to get enrolled on. You can go to ohioministry.net and you can um, click on the link for OSAM, the Ohio School of Ministry. And these classes are quality. They are taught by um, people, mostly people in our network, but some people outside of our network. And they're 
there are awesome resources even after you're done or if you're not interested in credentialing. There are resources for children's ministry. There's a great class on women in ministry that I really highly recommend for anybody and is really affordable to get through. A really, OSAM in general is a great affordable resource. Um, what are some of the other classes? I just took one on um, uh, post, like ministry in, in the postmodern society. Excellent, excellent class. So, yeah. Is there financial resources for like grants or anything like that? So the classes themselves are, I think, about eighty bucks each, and um, you they I don't they don't have like scholarships or things like that. But usually the local church, if there's a need, um, will help resource that. And if there's not, then you can always reach out to Adrian, who is um, kind of like the coordinator for that, and she can help direct more of those questions. But her name's on the website. Her name and email. Any other questions? Yeah. Of course, life of Christ I agree. I remember that one. Helped really form your view of the the impact of Christ's life. All right. Well, if there aren't any other questions, let me just pray for you guys real quick, okay? Heavenly Father, I lift up. God, this this small troop, uh, this part of an army of people who are passionate about and committed to being a part of advancing your gospel. God, may your call in their lives come alive. Lord, I pray that as you are directing them, Lord, that the opportunities that you have for them would be clear, that the direction that you're giving them would open up, Lord, and that you would cause their steps to be in line with your will. God, I pray to bind them to the will of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you cause them to be fruitful? Lord, I ask that their ministry efforts would be prolific, God, with generational impact. Lord, may their service to you be a sweet offering and may it bring home many children to the Father. God, we love you and we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this.